0: welcome to the underground the steel city underground the black and gold standard for pittsburgh steelers coverage now here's your host joe kuzma and zach Celedonia. hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the steel city underground podcast my name is joe kuzma joining me over to my side here is my colleague and friend a one uh zach Flash Celadonia, and I usually start these things off by asking how you doing. So why not? How you doing, Flash? Doing good today, <laughs> man. I'm I'm feeling after this game. It's like I felt good, but then I also felt like bittersweet. It was like highs and lows, man. It's like it's like Red Bull and coffee mixed with alcohol. Like you can't get pulled in every direction, and we know why. But I'll I'll ask, how you doing, man?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. Thank you. A uh, bit of a, pardon me. Bit of a later start today than we're used to. We wanted to wait for Talman's, uh end of the year presser to go through, so we didn't miss anything. And you let me have my morning, which is nice. I'm not used to having my Monday mornings, <laughs> except I operated at the pace of starting the show earlier, so it was kind of too little too late. Too little too late, but it's fine. I'm not mad about it. No problem. I still got stuff done. I went to go get toilet paper.
0: Adulting over That's here. always
1: a fun surprise when you wake up and you realize is that all we have i i had that moment when i was in the bathroom doing my thing and i'm like that cannot be all we have so made an emergency run to sheets didn't feel like going to a real deal gas station but i grabbed the toilet paper and uh some like snacks and i go to the register and the cashier is a real weird experience he was like ah been there before man and i looked at him and I said, been where he had to poop before yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm buying toilet paper. It was early <laughs> or late for him, I guess if he was there from the night shift, but it was just a really, it caught me off guard. And I was like, yeah, man, I know vibes, right? Got to poop. So <laughs> went to go get that came home, showered and you said it, you said it perfectly. It's it, it's a bittersweet ending to the Steelers season, but I'm, I'm oddly at peace with how things ended. I told a lot of people before the game started that as long as We finished on a high note um, and won the game in a good fashion, and we didn't, if we were to miss out on the playoffs, that was a second-place medal, uh, metaphorically, that I was okay with accepting. As long as we finished strong, which we did, sucks we didn't make the playoffs, but that's the Jets' fault, you know, not our fault.
0: Yeah, I was going to get there, but it, it's kind of weird how you were talking about all the adulting and stuff. And, and you said, like, you showered, like, you don't sh- ever shower before the podcast or anything. It was just, you kind of do surprise me sometimes being up earlier than me. There's like a text sitting there, and I'm like, you know, I get the kid on the bus sometimes. The kid doesn't know this. It's like, you know daddy's going back to bed man this is like you know i went to bed late i need my rest i need my eight hours so it's uh, because of my
1: dogs i don't have human kids but they get up like (laughs) every morning at six no matter what they don't care how tired i am and i can go back to bed but i always inevitably end up laying there and just scrolling on my phone and then the more stuff you look at on your phone, I feel like the more awake you get because it just like wakes your brain up.
0: Yeah, the blue, it, too much thoughts put into your head. It's like you're sitting there, it's like the counting sheep thing and it doesn't work, you know what I mean? And, and the blue yeah. light too, I think the blue light, like I'm going to use that like night mode like early in the morning. I have a back cave for a bedroom, man. It is pitch black. I got the blackout curtains, you name it, the color changing bulbs. Everything is just, it's low level. But I'm disappointed though. You went to sheets. you said you got some snacks. Did you get a schmiskit? Did you get a schmegel Did you get like yeah, I, just, uh, I got a bag of hot fries? Oh geez, oh man. And, and I'm over here and I got the McCafe. I got I got the McDonald's breakfast today, man. We're always talk we haven't talked about McDonald's for a little while, but it was you know, when I'm when I'm traveling or I'm in a pinch like this morning I was just I was hungry, man. And it was just that happens when you eat like a I don't even know how many ounce steak I had tailgating when you're when that's your breakfast the day before and then you're not supplementing with, you know, like a sixteen ounce steak or whatever the hell I had. I wish I had a photo of this and I gotta go back and see. We had NFL network people come by and uh film the tailgate and I have no idea if I was like shown with, Oh, that's so or cool. I've always wanted to beverage. be there when they get the
1: crowd <laughs> shots on uh, yeah. game day with Rich and
0: Oh yeah, right up front and um, me and me and the and the cuzzo yeah, uh, grilling he had these huge steaks and it was like he's trying to like flip the thing and it's like sliding off this steelers branded you know we got steelers everything you got to it's the only way to roll right so easy to um, buy gifts for yeah yeah well run out of ideas although my sister-in-law got me like one of those foam number one fingers oh i wish i had it sitting here but i already put it with my other stuff and just so like number one fan but it's an oven mitt so it's like kind of like pseudo. It's like kind of fake. Like the rest of it's blacked out, but it's like I can a picture one it. Finger, yeah. It's a, it's a cool thing, man. You need it because you never know. Never know when you're gonna handle hot objects. You got to be prepared when you're out there. When you're tailgating, it's like camping. You got to be prepared for all of the elements. And thank goodness, like it was great football weather yesterday. It was about 40 degrees. It was a little nippy. A little wind. A little wind cutting through. But otherwise, a beautiful like, it day. Was the, fir- the first
1: three quarters were so nice. It got a little yeah. chilly in the fourth. But those first three quarters. Sun was hitting just right. It was like, oh, see, God was smiling on the Steelers
0: Pretty I'm in the shade cause I'm on the Steelers bench side. And so the shades got me immediately. When we have that daylight uh, savings time change, which they need to scrap that. That's just, I'm still screwed up from it. I still haven't caught up or, or adjusted to it. So, uh, but yeah, the shade is hitting me like immediately. So it, it's a little cool. It's a little brisk, but uh, it's not that bad. However, uh, we do have something. You already alluded to this. You're jumping. You're jumping ahead of the topics for today. Jets, which I was hearing a little bit of that in the stands. I'm not sure if you heard that. The Jets, 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 Jets. I, they, I did hear the chants from the crowd. <laughs> they suck. Like I was watching some of that game, you know, on the phone. And the way this game ended up at the end for them, for those who may not have saw it, there was multiple pass interference calls in the fourth quarter. Uh I think one was called a horse um horse collar tackle from but it was from the nameplate or whatever, maybe. They
1: called a horse tackle, uh horse collar tackle on yeah. Quinn and Williams, the defensive lineman for grabbing Jalen Waddle around his nameplate and dragging him down. It wasn't an actual horse collar.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then uh there was um, there was something else that was called too. There was an intentional grounding called on Flacco, and it just didn't seem like he could fall or um, find anybody like at all. And it ended up a Jason Sanders fifty-yard field goal with twenty-three seconds remaining in the game. Jets had a couple opportunities with like about six minutes left, uh, but they just it couldn't muster anything. Um, no man, it yeah,
1: was it was weird painful. being at the game and like depending on. Who you were around and what cell type of service they had, you were getting different things. Like I had people saying, oh yeah, the jets stopped them or "Oh, the jets just pawned <laughs> it. Oh, now, they're, yeah. now they're up. Now they're down. It was, there was no consistency until like the end of the Steelers game that I was able to gather enough to, to realize that it, it wasn't going too great for the old jets. And in hindsight, I should have known Flacco was going to play like shit. I, I wanted to believe that he wouldn't play like shit, you know, um, enough, at least not shitty play for the jets to come through maybe defensively or just, just do enough to win the game. But I think it might be, might be done for for Joe Flacco, man. I, I, this game was as ugly as it gets. He had a nice gig going for the past like five years where he was just bumming around as a backup, but the cat's out of the bag now that he, he really can't do anything good anymore. And it's, it's a shame to get that close and have to bring ourselves to the level of rooting for Joe Flacco to come through in a big way and the jets. Um, but that, that's what you get. You know, I, I joked earlier a second ago that that's the Jets fault. It's really our fault for not beating the Jets, uh, earlier in the season. So you can't, you can't be too mad, which, which helps with, the, uh, I guess the, the bit, the sweet part of the bittersweet ending of the season is like, we, we, we did the best we could with what we had with, with these last six games, you know, we needed help to get in because of how the early parts of the season went and we didn't get it.
0: Yeah, and I was going to ask you that. Um, That's actually the next topic. And it's Skylar Thompson, dude. Like, seventh round pick up against a veteran like Joe Flacco. Like, come on, man. I'm burned. That's what I was telling myself
1: before the game. I was like, dude, if I I try to take myself out of the biased situation and put myself in a non-biased point of view mindset, and I was thinking if I was rooting for the Dolphins in this, I would say, okay, we've got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, but we've played like ass the past like five weeks. We can't do anything right. We're on a third quarterback. I, I would have been worried, more worried if I was rooting for the Dolphins. So I sold myself on, well, the Jets have a good defense. The Jets, they have a decent offensive line, I guess. They yeah, I, I sold I think on Saul all was that. was a good coach, and, and it just 11-6. the cards were stacked 11-6. in our favor, I think, but. It,
0: it was an uncontrollable thing. It was 11-6, and it was only 11 because of a safety at the end where they tried to do, like, whatever lateral business that they were trying to do. Um, I mean, Skylar Thompson was 20-31, 152, 76.3 rating. Joe Flacco was 18-33, 149, a 66.4 rating. They were both just – they were ass. There's no other way of saying it. They were ass. So mid. Yeah. So that's, that's, like, they needed the, – the one thing that happened was the bills – Took care of business against the Patriots. That game was back and forth a little bit, but Bill's emotional high. They weren't gonna let that slip away. And now you're just oh, come on, Jets, do something. Like it's like the meme where you're poking with the stick. Yeah. Um that's where it's like some folks were asking the question. It's like, are you ending the season on a high note? Is is it better to end this way? Then it would be, you make the postseason, and then you got to go to Buffalo. Cause that's, that was the only scenario after the game was, uh, a ruled no contest between the bills Bengals. Uh, I, I don't know. I've kind of got both uh, opinions of that. Like I'm a firm believer of get in, make the postseason. Sound like Mike Tomlin being the competitor he is, it, he's not going to say it, but he's disappointed. He wanted to be in the playoffs. Uh, some fans. I actually have seen the turnaround fans. It's funny, though, because it's like this is like the ebb and flow that we saw to the season. You've mentioned a couple of different items with this, and it was like, well, they should have just beat, you know, the Jets to begin with. Well, they could have and should have, and we were talking about Kenny and the Jets, and Kenny finally came in, but you had like lazy-ass play from, uh, I want to say, Chase Claypool, who, thank you. The Steelers now have <laughs> the 32nd pick at the NFL draft due to that trade to the Chicago Bears. So thank you, Bears, for taking Claypool off their hands. That's the reason why there weren't all these picks thrown by Kenny Pickett after the bye week as well. Um, He was responsible for that. You know, Friar Muth, there was another one that maybe Kenny shouldn't have thrown. Kenny kind of grows into his own. Are you headed into like a high note? Could things have been a little bit different? Yeah, Gunner has one doink off of his face mask. Should they have played Kenny earlier in the season? Um, Well, let's table that for a second. Are you feeling better about ending with a win against the Cleveland Browns, beating them in very decisive fashion, and not being, once again, for 33 years now in a row, the Steelers have finished with a better record than the Cleveland Browns. You got to go all the way back to like Chuck Noll era to when the Steelers were in the basement of whatever division AFC North AFC central
1: before they had electricity
0: (laughs) pretty much before they had texting it's kind of like the Bengals stat with playoffs and not being in the playoffs right would you have rather ended this way and not made the postseason or would you have rather went to Buffalo and do you think according to the quote from Stan Savern and Charlie Batch in the postgame had a maybe a puncher's chance Uh, I don't know. Steelers have been playing really well defensively, everything like that. It's a hard environment to go and win in having a rookie quarterback. Is that a better experience if they would have went there and got the brakes beat off them once more, even though the circumstances were different? Or would you have rather just, okay, finished it the way it is right now?
1: I'm happy with how how the season ended. I'm I'm as happy as I can be without making the playoffs. And I think as of about four weeks ago, when the five-game win streak got off and running, the whole Well, they might as well lose the last few games just became a stupid point to make because even if they would have lost a few of these last ones, we're picking 17th in the first round, they wouldn't have gotten much higher than the 17th pick. So I'm not really, I don't see the positives anymore in in finishing the season out in in a tanking way, like going about it that way. I, I saw that side of it when things were going rough and off the rails a bit, like really after Kenny's second concussion, but I'm happy with the way they finished the season because It's good to finish on a high note when you have such a young roster. And on defense, it's kind of different. Our pillars are all experienced veterans. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, they're not young guys by any means. They know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to be a Steeler. They know what's expected of this franchise and and this town and, and what the fan base expects and the Steelers themselves. But with guys like Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and Connor Hayward and DeMarvin Leal, all of which, all four of those rookies came through yesterday in their own way. Some more than others, of course. I know Leal only had like one or two plays, but they were good plays. And he probably would have had more if he didn't have the injuries this year a little bit. Uh, Connor Hayward, a couple big plays. George Pickens and Kenny, obviously a lot of big plays. They finished the season strong, growing together and seeing and realizing what it took to finish that way. You know, the they, complacency. Is a funny term. And I mean, l- losing in general is it's not accepted around here. And I think if they would have gone about a luster and, and given less effort to end the season, it would have just set a really low bar, either subconsciously or, or not, in these young guys' heads that, OK, well, this is just how it is here. Like, we'll try to win some games. If we don't make it to the playoffs, who cares? That's not really a thing here. It's a thing across the NFL. A lot of franchises don't care that much about winning. They're more into money and they're more into the continuous flow of bringing in new names and new players, new coaches to just pump revenue and get the fans excited. We the Steelers are about winning here and not only the rookies, but for second year guys and third year guys, fourth, like Najee, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Zach Gentry, Alex Highsmith. Kevin Dotson, if, he, if he's going to be starting next year, who knows, but these other guys besides the rookies, it's good for them to finish out high too. It just sets a tone for next season. And it not only did it help set a tone, but it gave a good understanding. I think of it lets You realize that a lot of these younger players they're in positions now on the depth chart on the roster that we don't have to panic and address. Like, I think we learned more than enough about Kenny, obviously. Don't have to worry about quarterback. We learned enough about receiver where they could add a body, but it would be kind of a luxury pick at this point or a luxury addition. Learned tight end were set, like the defensive line. They, they could add some pieces, but Leal looks like he's going to be a guy. You don't learn these things. If you don't finish the season strong, giving your best effort, trying to win games, you go into the season with all these question marks because you took your foot off the gas and you don't know how these guys play till their full potential. So yeah, short, short of making the playoffs, I am happy because of all those things. I think it was extremely beneficial for the young players to see what it takes and, and see their efforts. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Rewarded. Because yeah. we didn't make the playoffs, but they won their last five games and they shut a lot of critics up. Not everybody got shut up, but I, I think that this is a great building block for next season.
0: Yeah, I do as well. And of course, this all speaks to Mike Tomlin's consistency as a head coach. Um, we were talking offline here about uh, coach of the year type things. It's the one thing, like, you know, everybody wants to talk about playoffs or playoff wins and and just so, so much BS. They wouldn't use the word rebuilding this year, but we knew it was rebuilding year. We tried to tell everyone, we shouted from the mountains and we talk about some of the wins losses earlier in the year or what if they had started Kenny Pickett sooner? I don't think they could have started Kenny Pickett any sooner than they did. You look at the beginning of the season, you got the Bengals on the road you got to play in their house to open the season, defending AFC champions that just played in the Super Bowl, that a lot of people were picking to get right back there and still are, uh, New England Patriots you're, and they won that game, but then they, lo- they lose four in a row, which was tough. And it's because you lost TJ Watt because they played a hundred freaking snaps in an overtime game. He gets hurt in overtime and you lose the guy f- until the bye week. They play against Bill Belichick, and then you have a short three-day week or three day turnaround to play Thursday night in Cleveland. So, uh, two AFC North games on the road and a home game against Bill Belichick, and you're going to start a rookie quarterback? That, by all means, and I know somebody was in the comments or somebody was on Twitter and they're like, you know, shut up with the, he didn't get the QB1 reps in camp. No, he didn't. They was, yeah. We were still talking about Mason Rudolph having a chance to perhaps play, uh, you know, in the summer. Come on, get out we of here! they were
1: literally there, like at practice, either in person or getting yeah. live updates. They weren't giving Kenny a lion's share of one reps. Whenever he would get in, it was exciting, but it was a rare thing. They they didn't give him his fair opportunity at, at the competition. It was really pre decided the whole time that they were gonna go with Mitch. I I think so yes. anyway. Yes. At, at this point, and I've, I I see both sides of it. I've come around. Like I've been, that's been the one point that I keep coming back to. And I've been my harshest. Uh, towards Tomlin about is the quarterback competition or the lack thereof, I should say, and how it was handled. But those are good points. You know, there's no, you will never know. No one will ever know if they would have started Kenny right away and he would have gotten off to like an 0 and four start, 0 and five. So all things considered, I'm a big man. I can admit that I'm happy now with with how things went because they were able to ease him in and. You know, some people still say it's all Deontay's fault. Mitch got benched because he didn't drag his feet for the touchdown versus the Jets. Dude, are we forgetting that the Browns and Patriots game leading up to that game were just, they were two of the most boring games offensively I'd ever seen. We couldn't do anything on offense. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah against the the Bengals either,
0: except for one half. Uh, Except for one half in one series in overtime, they didn't do a whole lot against the Bengals either. That's what I mean. So
1: there's this like, oh, he had a quick hook versus the Jets. I think that was just the nail in the coffin was the three points in the first half versus the Jets. I think it was more like, okay, we got beat by the Patriots, got beat by the Browns because our offense really couldn't do much of anything. Our defense didn't get like torched those games. So I think it was a, a collection of all those things when they finally decided to turn to Kenny. And yeah, I I, I suppose it, it was probably the best time to do it because if they would have messed him up before then, that would have sucked. And if they would have waited much longer, it, it could have stunted or slowed down his growth to the point that we've seen it right now. So I think that's something that I can switch my point of view and be like, I, I wanted them to start Kenny right away, mm-hmm. but I can see the positives now of, of why they just let Mitch have the first crack at it. And I mean, he'll be gone next year after uh, his most recent quotes about, Wishing he didn't sign so fast. I can't oh, believe that came out so man. fast after the game. He told ESPN he wished
0: he didn't jump in and sign so fast. Like, well, it it, Who does he think he is? It reminds me of like some of the guys who have signed like, like Garrett Blunt, Melvin Ingram, Lance Moore. Like shut your pie hole. Like maybe at least those guys, a different opportunity. Maybe things work out differently. But no, you are who you are. Where yeah. was Trubisky going to go and play this? Was he going to be better with the Carolina Panthers? Like for example, it's, it's, like it's
1: funny too because you can't like how would he have known? Like how would how do you predict that sort of thing? Like oh, he could have played on the Jets. He could have went like to the Texans or whatever. Dude, the Jets, there was no reason to believe that they weren't going to just roll with Zach Wilson all year until this year started. And he got so the Jets are out of it. Yeah. Like there's the, a bunch of teams that have quarterback that the 49ers. Dude, they had Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. So they weren't gonna like it's oh well he could start over that the rookie uh, uh Petty but it's like yeah but nobody knew they were gonna be in the situation when, when Mitch signed here so there's no like easy answer here for Mitch to be like oh I should have gone to this team well how would you have know how'd you know they were gonna lose their quarterbacks or their first two starting quarterbacks it's just it was a, it was a dud of a yeah. signing and the, it, it'll be best for both parties when we move on at the uh, end of this year
0: yeah oh yeah the Niners you know I actually thought I'm like would he take a pay cut and just be a backup. Uh, And does he realize his role? Absolutely not. And Jerry Dulac has been pretty vocal about like with the way Mason Rudolph's been treated that he feels that Mason won't be back. And it's like, well, gee, uh, that would be like a no-brainer unless... You don't know how transparent these things were in in the back rooms and everything like that. And Trubisky coming in, you got to know that they're going to replace Roethlisberger as a franchise quarterback. But this team would not have sniffed the postseason with Mitch being in there the entire time. There's still truthers. We, yeah, I saw the tweet uh, that came your way. It was like, uh, and somebody said, "Wow, there's still some Mitch defenders in Week 18." Like, <laughs> come on, man. This team wins four games. A, a lot of its defense. But I don't believe that he could lead some of those like late drives or anything like that. He had no chemistry with George Pickens whatsoever, which Pickett to Pickens is just absolutely sick. It is disgusting, like to see some of the catches and some of the plays that have been made over the latter portion of uh, the season since so the bye. There were two and six before, and seven and two after. And it's a it's a coulda, woulda, shoulda type situation. And I don't think you could just uh, throw Kenny Pickett to the Wolves there. I don't think Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin had enough foresight to see two AFC North opponents and Bill Belichick, who usually schemes up ways to just destroy rookie quarterbacks. And that might have destroyed him for his career. You don't know the confidence level. But going back to camp, like we were saying, uh, in those early process, if that was like seven shots, How many times did uh, Kenny actually have like a seven shots throw? There were days where he didn't have any, and there were days where he had like one of the seven, and they were splitting it evenly with Mason Rudolph. And even though they may have had like some guys uh, stepping up and they were throwing to the same groups a lot of times, because remember Deontay Johnson, he wasn't practicing. He was having his little quiet quit or whatever sit out that he was doing for his contract. Um that gave opportunities to. Uh, we'll get to that like later. We have some of the topics to talk about, but uh, like how soon we forget about Calvin Austin and Anthony Miller that were in camp and those guys were logging a lot of time, but Kenny was getting some time with guys like that that didn't end up being on the roster at all. So there was even more of a curve there. Whereas you know that's why Mitchell Trubisky looked better with Deontay Johnson, and this speaks to overall like just the, just the job that Mike Tomlin was able to do with this team. And being able to, I, I understand people are going to say the latter half of the schedule was a lesser part of the schedule than the first half. We knew that. Too. Plays in front of you. That's why you play the schedule. says. Why do you think Kenny came in against the jets? Because they felt, oh, we needed that spark. We felt, they felt they could maybe beat that. But you still had the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins were looking pretty solid. You had a concussion in the middle of these things where Kenny, was he going to play? Was he not going to play? And I'm not going to look at just the Jets game. People are going to say, oh, we played down to whatever opponent. Zach Wilson had just came back from injury. You didn't have a whole lot of film or any like tendencies that you could like identify with him. You had the turnovers to overcome in that game. The bigger one was Gunnar Olszewski, I think, with the, with the doink. He lost his job in week two against the Patriots. You can't muff a punt like that and just give them points. He gifted it. That was 17 14. The Cleveland Browns. Inside job. Inside, inside job, job. yeah watch yeah watch the bills
1: watch the patriots get him back now
0: oh and then he'll be an all pro again that's how it always works doesn't it uh, those those bastards uh anyways just don't make me think of that. Like, I, I despise, like, the Patriots way, the whole thing about it. Burn it to the ground, man. I could do I could do without it. Uh, the Browns, who I don't like, you knew going there on the road Thursday night was going to be, like, pretty much a recipe for failure. They still played that pretty tight to the vest. I'm not going to say they should have won that game. I'm going to say they could have won that game. The same with the Jets. and They won against the Bucks. The Miami Dolphins game, They if they, pick, if they grab any one of those interceptions, maybe, off of Tua Tagovailoa, and they're in field goal range. And perhaps mayhaps something there happens as well. There's just like there's just a lot where people are talking about the highest paid defense. And they didn't have all those guys. And you see how much of a home wrecker TJ Watt is when he's on the field. And it just speaks to Mike Tomlin. It, this team could have just folded up. And they beat Tom Brady. They beat Tom Brady with... Who, who was in the secondary that came? Josh Jackson? like Josh
1: Jackson, Quincy Wilson, a, two goats. Yeah, Trey well, Tom Brady now. Trey Norwood, can't, maybe. can't
0: even snip the Steelers lately. <laughs> um, Trey Norwood, maybe. So you got to give this man his due and his credit. And I know he's not going to want it. And I get sick and I don't like hearing about Coach of the Year. I think Coach of the Year is just dumb. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, Coach of the Year. And he didn't even win a playoff game. And it's like, yeah, hello, Bruce Arians has entered the chat Dude had one playoff win until Tom Brady brought all of his buddies down to Tampa. And then it's even debatable then at seven and five, and Brady getting sacked and throwing the most picks up to a point in the season. Uh, either of those things, he just destroys quarterbacks. It's why he's not a coach. Tom Brady was retired. Uh, so that's a whole separate rant. Tom Brady's like, pretty much, he told somebody, I know this. Uh, well, I don't know this for a fact, but this is what I see on the surface yeah, I'm announcing my retirement unless you get rid of Bruce Arians. And mysteriously, Bruce Arians moves into some paid role to keep his mouth shut within the organization. So, you know, that that one just that cracks me up to no end, dude. Uh, but yeah. Oh, there's so
1: much that goes on in the NFL and all pro sports that nobody sees or knows. It, it's one of the dark secrets. we all. Nobody wants to talk about that elephant in the room, but there's a lot of shady stuff that happens. I mentioned last show how Harbaugh found out, you know, how to cheat and get away with it with the, with the pass interference stuff well, like the NFL that. head coaches owners, they're all looking for their own way to get an advantage at all times.
0: Yeah. But on that same point, they were taking, um, Bengals were kind of upset and thought that our was taking some shots in this game where he doesn't have like Lamar Jackson playing and everything. Cause they, they were going to turn around and play each other again now. And they felt that maybe there was a little bit, um, What do you want to say? uh, A little over the top in the physicality department to try and make this upcoming game maybe a little bit easier on the Ravens. And no doubt, man, it's not like, you know, the Steelers sat a bunch of people against the Browns and allowed them to make it into the playoffs a couple of years ago. This was, uh, I think this was a little bit different, maybe a little more calculated uh, with some football. Wear them down a little bit. Yeah, wear them down. Yeah, wear them down. But uh, you had you had something else to say about Tomlin, I think, too, in regards to his consistency. Once again, 9-8, and eight, not a losing season. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, great, the mediocrity. And it's like uh, somebody else was in the comments jumping all over us about like, uh, because we're not overly critical assholes that are going to just say, Oh, Tomlin sucks. And he should be fired and this, that, and the other thing. Cause we know damn well, like you throw somebody else what's, what's happened already. You get these high dollar quarterbacks and high dollar coaches. Nathaniel Hackett was the, the fanciest thing said, sliced bread and cliff Kingsbury. And these guys are already, they're, they're out the door and there might Mike be some McDaniel more. Daniel
1: has struggled mightily with the yeah. closing of the season in Miami. He was a hot name too. Yeah. still think he's a smart guy, but yeah, I mean, the, I do the, too. the yeah, it's McDaniel. yeah, yeah, but the, oh, yeah. the Tomlin I like stuff, them. i I think I've figured out almost like a science or a big equation. Finally, the Tomlin debates and the arguments in the Steeler fan base will never stop. Not even long after he's gone in the Hall of Fame. like they will never stop because two and six to nine and eight, how, how does that not how do you not feel good about that? Two and six to nine and eight? Why should I and other people who, Are accused Tomlin lovers and apologists feel shame for that, to, to be excited about that kind of turnaround. I've said for a long time, but I always just want a reason to watch and to be engaged and to root and feel like genuine excitement when I watch my team, the Steelers and Tomlin and the Steelers. Always give us that every single year, no matter if we lose Big Ben, no matter if we draft a quarterback in the first round, no matter if our defense is complete trash, we always have a reason to watch and a reason to root. We're always alive. Now, whether you think the long term goal during those said games is unachievable, i.e., the 11 0 run, when even though we were 11 0, everybody's saying, Oh, they suck, they're going to lose right away in the playoffs, they're terrible, it doesn't matter. Or any of the years we had a bad defense, like 2014 all the way through 2018-ish, where our defense was terrible, people were still like, oh, we're 14-2, and we're 13, but, but our defense is so bad. He still gave the Steeler fans reason to root, watch, and believe that we could do this. We'll at least be in the dance. We have meaningful football to watch every year for the better part of the past forever. And it comes down to, is that complacency? Or is that appreciation? I think it's as simple as that. And you'll never be able to change a human's mindset when they have a, a one way of thinking and you have the other. It's It sounds so stupid, but it's true. It's like some people are never going to look at it as appreciation. They'll always look at it as complacency or mediocrity, as you mentioned. But I don't see it that way. I don't feel it that way. I just only one team wins every year. You know, there's 32 teams. Imagine being the Cowboys. <laughs> Imagine being the Cowboys or like or, or a worse team that doesn't even have accolades from the 90s. We just, it. I think it's it's a person by person thing that'll never change. No matter even if Tomlin wins another Super Bowl, which obviously we hope and think he will, while in Pittsburgh, there'll be some other argument about how it took him way too long to do it, and it took him like, oh well, he only did it because. He's got T.J. Watt, and I mean, if it's Patrick, I know, and now Kenny Pickett's a top-five quarterback. There will always be a reason for these people to bring Tomlin down. And I can even I can sit here and admit, because this is true, when we were struggling this year about halfway through, I said that, yeah, Tomlin, he might be coming off of the great coach level a little bit. I knocked him down a peg to good coach. I didn't get extreme mm-hmm. with it, but I feel like it took less than four months for that prediction of mine to, to be wrong. I think he's a great coach. I think it's certified. You hear any other fan base, whether it's on TV, on Twitter, with, in your friend group. If you're friends with another fan of a different team, everybody asks, dude, why, why do people want Tomlin fired? They don't understand it, and neither do I. I yeah. think I do. Like <laughs> yeah. I just said, I tried to crack the code, and I just want to say one more thing in closing here. It's, it's all the clips you see. It's all the quotes you hear from players. It's the literal success that you see on the field. Tomlin's a great coach, and his players – are the number one reason why I think that's true. Because Mason Cole, who's been here, not even a full calendar year, he's our new starting center, he had a really good year. He won the Steelers Media Award for being like the best interviewee on the team and having the best availability with the media, best answers, all that stuff. Someone asked him right after the game, how did you like stay focused? How did you, you know, two and six, three and seven, He got to nine and eight. What was that like? And Mason Cole said, I don't want to butcher it. So I I wrote it down. He goes, quote, it's Tomlin, man. He just keeps us in it, man. We never felt we were out of it. He always preached, go back to work and get better. Each week we did that. He's a special man. If he's not up there with the best in the league, man, I don't shakes his head. Tomlin's unbelievable. I played for other coaches and to be here and around this guy. I get it. I get him. I get the Steelers. I get the city. I'm just really appreciative to be here, man. But I ha- that was such a beautiful quote. And, and it's so true. Cause you hear about like some people think it's a flaw of Tomlin's that he never changes his ways, but there's something about coming through with those consistent messages. If if you're stubborn to no end and, you end up being wrong or or you fail that that can hurt your credibility, but his steady mindset his steady. Eddie always go. We're going to keep being the Steelers. We're going to unleash hell in December. We're going to practice situational football. He reaps what he sows. And you're seeing time and time again, year and year again, his messages resonate with his players and his players love him. That, that, that quote from Mason Cole, like really made my day yesterday. I was like, this is so cool, man. Like, cause I didn't think, like mason cole has alluded to before but he he seems like just a great stealer and a guy who gets it and it starts at the top with tom
0: yeah uh I, i'm totally with you on all of it um man i got so many things we don't want to chew too much off the bone because we're gonna have many weeks and months to talk about whether players come go and anything but mason cole is a, a main reason why i'm like okay we the Steelers don't have to worry about the center position really anymore. Is he like a very solid, is very he elite? solid? No, but he's he's yeah, he's played top 10, maybe even top five at times. And uh, yeah, it's why people do want to play for Mike Tomlin. They call him a cheerleader, but this is it's, it, it's boils down to it. This isn't our graphic. It comes from what all sports culture. The Steelers' uh, crazy but true stat, and and this has actually changed now. Steelers have played one game in their 256. I think we're up to 257 or even 258. I'll take a look here in a second. Uh, but uh, when this was published, Steelers have played one game in their 256 under Mike Tomlin where they've been eliminated from playoff contention. I believe that one was like 2013, 2012, maybe one of those eight and eight seasons where uh, they were in fact rebuilding uh, this whole franchise back then too. And it's, you know, tried to tell people like all along that this is um this, this isn't going to happen like overnight. The whole rebuild thing doesn't happen overnight. It's going to be a three year process for the offensive line. And when they're making picks for running back and tight end, where they're trying to get elite players that are here for the long term versus, you know, the sixth best tackle that's available that might not even be a starter in the long term. That's why they're doing this. There's just there's a level of consistency. So yeah, it's up to 258 now. It's 258 games. That was two weeks ago that meme first came out. And you know, this is a good time to just jump over to I think Mike Tomlin has only had Three losses to the Cleveland Browns in his career. I got to go back and take a look at this. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, his head-to-head, uh, and I had it on the cheat sheet, so I'm going to pull it up right here, uh, versus opponent. Oh, I'm sorry, six. He's now 25-6-1 all-time against the Cleveland Browns. Is that, that good? No, uh, that, that's a little good. Kevin Stefanski falls to 25-24 and 24 in three seasons now. Yikes. And I was like, will the Browns be, have an itchy trigger finger? And that just goes right to... Uh, the next topic that the Cleveland Browns are dumpster fire. They suck. Uh, we've said it all along. We tried to give Brian, all of us, tried to give them some more respect, but tried to tell everybody that was on this bandwagon of thinking or saying that this was a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, I'm sitting there like Nelson from the Simpsons and saying, "Ha, ha. like I, I was not exactly screaming it from the mountains because I'm like, oh, great, Mitch Trubisky. This could be a rough year. This could be the roughest year the Steelers have had in a long time. Nine wins. I felt they could get there. When Brian and I looked over this, I'm going to pull clips from that because people are going to say, oh, no, you're full of, you know, you're full of crap. There's no way that you said, yes, we did. We had them in only like a handful, like not a handful, a handful is five. Just a couple wins, maybe even three before the bye. And then we said, well, when, when, when we started going down like the second half of the schedule and it was like, so are we trying to say that they're going to absolutely suck and everyone's going to be off this bandwagon and are going to be talking about firing everyone before the buy? Yes. And then we were saying afterwards, everybody's going to come around and they're going to be proud of how this team finished. And this is going to look scary and they might make the playoffs and it's going to make everyone look like fools because the AFC North is just thinking, well, Ben Roethlisberger's out of our sights now. The Steelers are gonna, they're gonna perpetually suck for seasons to come. And it's like, that's not the way this works in this town. They might not have made the postseason, and somebody would have been able to tack on their dumb little meme of saying, well, Mike Tomlin wouldn't have won a playoff game if they would have went up the Buffalo. So now they're just gonna say, well, they haven't won a playoff game in X amount of times they didn't make the playoffs. Well, it's a news flash. 24 teams in the NFL, there's only 32 of them. 24 will not win a playoff game this year. That's, uh, you know, what? uh, Three quarters, 75% of the league will not win a playoff game every season. And I know you're used to the Steelers' goal of winning Super Bowls. They're building for this. This is a team now that going forward, unlike the Cleveland Browns organization, who spent two hundred forty million dollars on Sean Watson, guaranteed money for a guy that what did he go out and do yesterday? Oh, I don't know. He was nineteen to twenty-nine. He had two touchdowns. We'll get to that real quick too. Uh, two picks. Can he, play,
1: can he can he play better than him if we're going to be serious?
0: Oh, Kenny. Oh, Kenny did outplay him, even though statistically he had a lower quarterback rating. Kenny was thirteen to twenty-nine, one ninety-five with a touchdown. But Deshaun looked rattled. He did not look the part. He's not looked the part. He threw what? I said the the, the pregame. He had like 18 passes, but three, three of them touchdowns against the Commanders the week before because for whatever godforsaken reason, they played Carson Wentz. And these are the guys that like... Well, I was pounding my fist about Trubisky and Mariota and Winston and, um, Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan and Russ. Uh, like I like Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson fall off is just mysterious to me. I know you're a big, big stand for Aaron Rodgers, who now may be pulling some diva stuff now too, keeping his Jersey and thinking that, and, and saying that, uh, you know, well, I don't know. I've got to evaluate things and that for $50 million, the Steelers don't hold
1: on to this one. He says, just, just in case. Yeah. At least. Let's they, my
0: last ride yeah at least they have their draft picks though they have a future you have teams like very unsettled situations like the rams just won a super bowl and they're completely out of it They were what a six win team a seven win team that they yeah. ended up finishing as uh were if they, they, even they that high?
1: coming back that he Five might win. leave for tv again
0: yeah yeah they might be out of a coach no draft picks to build upon is matt stafford and his back and everything is he healthy or Are they gonna go is he gonna retire and they end up with baker is baker a dude like what you know aaron donald was talking about retirement and was coerced back into coming back he was ready to leave out on the high note too with the super bowl win last year so it's a very um it, it's fun funny to look at like the teams that talked so much trash against the steelers the Bengals, it's coming. It's creeping up. They probably have this season and next the window of opportunity before Joe Burrow needs to, you're going to back up that truck and pay that dude a lot of money. Lamar might not ever see his bag. So the Ravens, the Ravens has played this game before, like CJ Mosley. They were like, see ya. Uh, they've done it with other players and have gotten rid of like guys like Haloti Nada or something. And you're just like, wow, how are they going to compete without them? And they build through the draft. They're very too similar to the Steelers that I hate. It makes me throw up in my mouth. And we loved their draft this year. They, they patched up their offensive line and got some things that, but without that quarterback, you can't tell me, Tyler Huntley's not getting it done, and you got Anthony Brown. The combination ain't going to do it. They thought for a little bit that maybe they could have. No, it doesn't work that way. And their system is built around Lamar Jackson. So unless they spend all this money for Lamar, that's the reason that they have been competitive as of late. And then post Joe Flacco, it's been difficult for them because number one, Flacco didn't end up being the guy that they thought that he was when they gave him all that money after the Super Bowl. They had to replace legends like an Ed Reed or a Ray Lewis. Cleveland Browns do not have that foundation. I'm sorry, but, and somebody's going to think this is a hot take, but Alex Highsmith is every bit as good as Miles Garrett at this point. Alex Highsmith is just a smidge off of being just that good. Impact,
1: Im- impact wise,
0: yeah, impact wise. So I look at the Browns and I look at, wow, they don't have like any draft picks and they have a quarter of their cap taken up with Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. And people were like freaking out. They're crapping their pants about the Steelers and their situation. The Steelers st- stood in their position and got Kenny Pickett in the draft and could end up being a huge steal. And people are like, really a steal. He should have been a third round draft pick. No, we don't know that necessarily. Uh, it was like, we've made those comments before with like Terrell Edmonds, who, by the way, said he wants to be back and understands the off season negotiating process now. So it sounds like there'll be less of a hassle maybe in some areas. I think the Steelers have less questions as to some of these teams and some of these organizations now they're trying to poach Brian Flores. From the Steelers as a linebackers or a positions coach. Now the interview is a defensive coordinator for the Browns. Why would he want to make kind of like that kind of change?
1: Yeah, I said, I said, I, tell them no. Yeah. To ask for permission. Tell them no. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I know we can get a compensatory pick if Flores leaves to some degree, but I'd rather not give them to the Browns. Save, save him for somebody else.
0: Yeah. No, in, in division. Does he look at that situation and say to himself, Oh, yeah, I'm going to be there longer than a year? No, you're going to be hired on Stefanski's staff. And if this team is hot, the hot garbage that they have been for the last couple of years, Stefanski's on the hot seat. He might be out next year, and that whole staff is gone. And that apartment or whatever or house that you just got, like I I was saying this with Brian, just jokingly about coaching staff. So here you go. It's Flores. Steelers, I think, if you could keep him as a position coach, like Tara Austin. There was a lot of commentary and when I was starting to broach that subject about the, the highest paid defense, but when you don't have those high dollar players on the field and you're playing Josh Jackson or Quincy Wilson or somebody like that, okay, uh, that's not the highest paid defense. Now that was just like grocery baggers off the street. I think you got to give, I really thought that Brian Flores was being groomed maybe or being held like, like a Keith Butler, for example, to take over. Like when Dick LeBeau walked away. And I was thinking that might be like a similar cause there was a talk about whether or not uh Tomlin was asked that question today, whether there was any retirements or something like that. So I, I like I strongly feel that if Flores wouldn't be groomed just to be head coach if Tomlin ever would walk away. I mean, he's been doing this a long time and it doesn't sound like he's ready to walk away just yet. But if you're patient enough, Brian, you don't have you could send your kids through school here in like the Pittsburgh area. You don't have to move. I don't know if he has kids, but if you're building a family or anything like that it's not going to be as tumultuous as going to Cleveland and then from Cleveland, you're going to end up wherever else. And there's going to be teams that are going to blacklist you because you have, or currently maybe, you know, the, the ongoing lawsuit with the league, nobody wanted to touch him. He was like a pariah or a leper. And this is where the Steelers see opportunity. And it's like, man, this guy, and I think his fingerprints were on this defense for sure in the latter half of this season, as much as I think Mike Sullivan's fingerprints were on the offense as well. If Matt Canada ends up going, I don't want to go there just yet, but You take a look at the two organizations and it's like, okay, Cleveland, you continue to suck. And now your future doesn't look nearly as bright. This window, this door that you had with all the young talent and the top level picks, this is slammed shut. And you don't even have the picks now to benefit from your seven win season this year. They really thought I had friends. I don't know if you have any that are Browns friends and family, but there are people that crawled out of the woodwork yesterday. Uh, Good for you, man. I know I'm long winded. I'll let you talk, but. They came out of the freaking woodwork yesterday. They're like sending me pictures. Where are you at? Blah, blah, blah. Cause they went up early and all of a sudden they're talking all their smack. And I just sit there patiently. I'm like, I'm like the old Kung Fu kind of like mentee mentor type relationship. I'm sitting there with like the stick and I whack the young kids when they get out of line and I'm just waiting for that opportunity. I'm going to go, I'm going to whack them and say, see, like we're
1: from lion game.
0: Exactly. They're not, they never learn. They never learn. So, um, Thank you, Cleveland, for continuing to suck and screw up your organization. Stay away from Brian Flores.
1: It's the the bad (laughs) franchises stay bad. People, People toss that term around, and it's true. Because bad franchises stay bad. Good franchises continue to do what they do to stay good. And you have to look no further than the Browns and the Steelers. Now, it's exciting. It's fun. I, myself, every single March that comes around and free agency starts in the NFL, I talk myself into the fun ideas of bringing in guys like, Tyron Matthew, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tremaine Edmonds will be my new one this year, and it is a fun idea. Bringing in superstars does work sometimes, but it's all it's these teams that just get stuck in this rut, and it's always the same teams: the Browns, the football team, the Commanders, Redskins, whatever their name is. the The Commanders, the Browns, the Jets, um, the, the Texans, the, the Jaguars, until they finally did the right thing and got the right quarterback. I'm not going to give the Jaguars themselves that much credit, but they seem to be good now but the teams that they, they put everything into the shock and awe and, and the spending big money and making the big moves without really thinking them through and the Rams got the immediate payoff they, they can sleep at night knowing that but the payback is just so severe they are so bad now with so many big contracts and so few draft picks it's how worth it is that really would you want the Steelers to be in that position for for the Rams it looks like the next like four or five years they're going to be pretty shitty. and yeah. I might be being and, generous and a tough
0: division too like that, yeah. that yeah, very tough division should be a tough, tough division right
1: and I, I want the Steelers to do exciting things as much as the next guy but you're seeing it live time blow up in the Browns faces with with the Deshaun Watson thing I mean he he seems like a different quarterback I know his release is the same and his mannerisms and who he is is the same. But yesterday watching him live at Heinz field, he just his his best plays were when he would take off and run. It's like, yeah, he, he can still do that, but he wasn't reading the defense very well. He was taking a lot of sacks running into sacks. And I think, I think it's, it's not crazy to say that he might never be the same quarterback that we saw with the Texans and, and the Browns are, on the hook for it. Whereas the Steelers, you look at good franchises like the Steelers, the bills are a great example. The bills are seeing the payoff of doing it the right way right now. They haven't won a championship yet, but the past, like the better part of the past two, three seasons, it's been well known that they're a juggernaut. They, they have a legit good quarterback. They haven't done anything crazy as far as addressing needs with a at an outside the house edition i know they traded for Stefan diggs and they signed von miller okay we traded for minka fitzpatrick and we signed i don't know we haven't signed anybody outside the house
0: what's up james daniels
1: james daniels sure and hey he's so solid it shorts up the moves. auto line
0: right that was a need so yeah no yeah.
1: he made a good contract Miles so the, Jack. they'll make the necessary moves and they'll spend necessary capital but they don't get ahead of their skis you have to play both sides of it. You have to make necessary moves, but you can't put all your eggs in one basket. That's what bad franchises do, like the Browns. And teams franchises that are smart and have proven a continued success like the Steelers, Bills, Ravens, they do it the right way. And I think this year uh was the first step or second step because Najee and Fryerwood are second year guys. You're seeing it happen live time without us Losing all of our money without us sacrificing too much draft capital. We're doing it the right way because we are a well ran franchise.
0: Yeah. And because you don't have all of that turnover and change. Never constant. So somebody (laughs) with different ideas and having to offload players, you don't want in your scheme or system that are cost still on your books and everything like that, like everything is positioning itself that a lot of people are like, well, they won't be able to keep Alex Highsmith, who, uh, led the team with 14 and a half sacks. And it's amazing how many people just finally woke up to this as I was telling everyone last year, like, Hey, this guy's on the rise. Like, look at when they, everybody was more concerned with Melvin Ingram. Uh, crying and whining his way out of town, than they were looking at the young guy waiting in the wings who was kicking Is that ass. Is with a free agent this year? No, he will be. He'll be oh, in okay. a contract year coming up, but people are already discussing as to whether or not they'd be able to keep him. Why I like, not? I miss that. You don't have money invested in Kenny Pickett. You don't have money invested in Pat Fryermuth, who, by the way, uh, dodged any serious like ACL, MCL, PCL tear, uh, hearing just a sprain coming out of the news so that's also good because that would be the entire offseason up to like training camp if he's ready for week one type you're of news you're always
1: hoping for the sprain, dude when you see them go down with their knee that's what i was telling people around me in the stands like all oh, his knees shot he's done i said what it could be a sprain. <laughs> like ended yeah up being you're hyped. hoping thank god
0: yeah you're really you're really you're really hoping there and uh yeah 14 and a half sacks and he has like 20 I think, or 20 and a half in the last 29 games. You go back to Seattle of last year um, and all the quarterback hits and everything like that. And I made those comparisons. I said he was better than Jadavian Clowney who just smart talked his way out of, out of even playing on Sunday, just another dumpster fire thing. I'm going to continue to dump on the Browns because I just love this. Nick Chubb had a 6.4 yards per carry average in yesterday's game. And over the last several losses with the Cleveland Browns these uh, this is why i thought maybe they're going to fire an oc or they're maybe got, like Stefanski's on the hot seat too cuz he's supposed to be the offensive guru here uh, obviously brought in to make Baker Mayfield a better player, which he's not there anymore. So now it's going to be, the thought is going to be, well, what can we do to get Deshaun everything he needs in order to whatever? And it's like, well, you got to have people that are better than uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, for example, to throw to. And uh, I know,
1: dude, thank God they're morons because I was worried, the only thing I was worried about as the game Chubb. went yesterday was Nick Chubb because he had a couple of nice plays. And if the Browns had any sense of awareness, they would have just kept pounding Nick Chubb. I know you can't always run, 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 run. But, I mean, it was getting to a point yesterday where I would have tried that if I was Kofanski.
0: Yeah, he started the year out with four out of five games over 100 yards rushing.
1: I know, brother. You're talking to a fantasy shareholder here. Good (laughs) job.
0: And, I mean, then you go and he plays – the next, uh, last nine games of the season, he topped 100. He got the 99 on one of them against the Ravens, and yeah, that and was he had a,
1: zero catches. He scored 9.9 yeah. 9 points in fantasy.
0: Well, that's exactly it. He only had two touchdowns in a nine game span. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it, you're trying to figure out okay, they had a winning formula, he had 104 yards. Last week, but they didn't just keep pounding them against the saints and like sub-zero weather. They didn't keep pounding them against the Steelers here. It, it It's not a magical formula when you have the Steelers out, out running like Najee Harris, 23 carries 84 yards, but he's only averaging 3.7 per carry. The Steelers ran for 148 yards and limited the Browns to 134. That sounds like pretty good winning football. They dared to to throw the ball and in some circumstances here i'm going to be talking about officiating here momentarily um it, it's just like they they locked everything down man it was uh two for 51 there was a couple of plays that squirted out here it's not like david and joku like hurt them big time deshaun did end up extending some plays i i see like i see holes on their team and i see areas now where these con- the contracts are gonna catch up to them. And I'm just I'm thankful that the Steelers are running the way that they're run and they don't have the clown show that's up in Cleveland. Now, with uh all of that said, there was some stuff that happened in this game that afforded all of my idiot friends and family to go and start uh what do you want to say, poking the bear or instigating me when the Browns went up a little early. And the refs don't just stink. They suck. And this was the worst officiated game by far this season. I told everyone coming into this that Cleet Blakeman is horrible. A horrible, not only his crew is bad, but they're bad particularly in these AFC North games. Be it any combination of the Steelers and somebody else, or when I see him go and do like a Bengals-Ravens game, which hopefully wasn't graded high enough to get that playoff assignment for this upcoming weekend because... He will he will put a torch to that game too.
1: Yeah, if he oh. does, you have to let me know because I'll take the under.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, he, uh, that's tough with the Bengals, man. This game had a 40 and a half, I think, going into it. The Steelers and Browns. Uh, um, it was one of the higher. I, ones I, of the I, season. I don't know
1: because I actually didn't take the over or under.
0: Yeah, so I, I believe it was. Uh, but that sounds about right. I know people are gonna they're gonna like bitch and complain about Tomlin not challenging. That first drive Najee Harris, where he scores and uh, from we're in the stadium. You can't see it. There's not really any replays. People at home are seeing some of it and people are debating yes, no. Should it be challenged? Is there anything on video that's good enough that they're obstructed. And this is one of those things where let the play play out, call it a touchdown and then review it. Like yeah. the referees are so stuck on being right instead of use this tool to assist you. And why don't we have more camera angles? And that's, a sev- that's seven points right there, right then and there. There was also later on, I know that Larry Ogajobi got a face mask. I don't care. Uh, they missed that too. And that was garbage. Okay. let's Let's talk about two the Robert Spillane illegal contact or whatever, where he was like within two yards of the line of scrimmage and they called like an illegal contact or um it wasn't a pass interference and gave the Browns a new set of downs on a what ended up being a scoring drive where Deshaun jocks Jackson Deshaun <laughs> no he's out of the league too. Uh Deshaun Watson ends up leaking out extending a play and guys are trying to grab him and you don't know what you could do because they allow the quarterbacks to wear skirts and another play later on, which ended in a touchdown as well, where Cam Hayward, all he did was tackle the guy, and they're going to say he slammed him with force or whatever. How are you supposed to let go of him? He's slipped out a few times, and then ends up making these big plays. And I believe that was on third down or his second down, maybe, and it was gonna I think force. Like it, I third, think it was second, but
1: when you look at it, it would have been like third and ten or whatever from the one instead of first down automatically, So which they punched it in the next play. So it was a. It was a huge penalty, man. I don't know if you can Mm. tell or the listeners can tell, but my voice is a little raspy. It isn't like gone where (laughs) I've gone to the game before, i.e. when they finally put Kenny in versus the Jets or like the Ravens game last year uh, late in the season where my voice has been completely shot for like a week straight. I was pretty under control majority of the game but when they called that flag on cam hayward for roughing the passer i booed so loud my voice cracked at a moment that i thought i did severe damage took to my throat <laughs> oh yeah i was I so was... fired up man the whole you know oh. too like yeah it's a home game so the crowd's gonna give the refs shit, like regardless of if they're right or wrong but you know from the intensity of the boos and how pissed off everyone is when it's actually a bad call like the play was over and done uh the browns scored their touchdown and the refs were getting ready for kickoff and they jogged down by the end zone where i was sitting and the booze came back like the crowd wasn't yeah. done booing after the touchdown the browns scored it was like no you guys fucked up this bad like we're gonna let you hear about it until you give us a makeup call which i was trying to tell people around me i was like it's okay it's okay they owe us a makeup call Those happen. Makeup call. And um, we got one later. They uh, gave us the pass interference on Deontay and um, the the no face mask on Larry. I can't remember if that was before or after, but that was the one thing I was clinging to in the stands was like, they screwed this up so bad for us. They owe us 15 yards somehow. We're going to get a play here because that that happens in the NFL a lot of the time is whenever the refs mess up that bad, they'll give the other team a penalty. It's sad, but true. Um, not sad, but it's your team that gets the payback. But I was waiting for something to happen because that was so egregious. Cam didn't throw him down. It was it was Deshaun Watson's own flailing that came down when he slapped his arm on the ground that causes like this, it causes like dramatic scene. He was totally fine. And yeah, man, that 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 had me real hot. Like, like I said, you can tell when when the refs are really messing up and it isn't just like a bias from the home crowd.
0: Yeah. And Deshaun, um, in that whole thing, Cleep Blakeman's the one who called, uh, he was there. He's the white hat. And I was, I'm down in that same corner. He came to that same corner and he was talking with one of the, one of his crewmates there. Uh, and the boo still carried through because people spotted him in that area. And it's like, we're not even gonna let you talk. You were just like, (laughs) that was just so ridiculous. And actually that scenario that played out, was it was first and 10 from the Steelers 14 Kareem Hunt ran for 3 yards then uh Deshaun stepped back to pass it was only a 5-yard roughing the passer because I believe it was um was that maybe a half to have to distance type deal within yeah. that situation so within 20 yards but he was sacked it would have been a loss of 8 it would have been um let's see uh i'm trying to see first and 10 second and seven that would have been i'm trying Turn to do 15. the math. third and 15 from the steelers 19 practically the 20 yard line out and they were probably in two down territory being down 20 to 7 it felt like they were willing cleveland back into the game to make it competitive and maybe screw the steelers over at the very end of this and then of course uh, you got a 14-play, 75-yard drive after this. It only took uh, 5 minutes, 34 seconds. And this was Derek Watt scoring a touchdown and doing the gritty. <laughs> so The gritty uh, was awesome, dude. You know what else is awesome? Is yeah.
1: Psychic Flash was on full control during the game yesterday. Sometimes I'm in the zone and I go full Tony Romo. And not only did I get the Derek Watt touchdown right, I didn't call the play, but I uh, it was kind of quiet. Uh, around my section. And I was like, give it to Derek Watt. And this kid, like four rows back turns around, like literally pointing and laughing at me. Like I'm some kind of cartoon character. <laughs> and I'm like, what dude, like he, he's gotten five first downs this year. Yeah. And because I said that my buddy next to me laughed and was like, that's so funny that you just like, hold on to that stat. And I was like, he gets, it. he gets the ball across the line. And then yeah. the next play he scored and I reached down and I tapped the guy on the shoulder and he turns around laughing because I'm like, you know, you did wrong. And I nailed that. I nailed Pickens touchdown because we're yeah. sitting there before Pickens oh. touchdown early in the game. And the play before Kenny went to Deontay in the corner of the end zone on a fade. And I'm sitting with my buddy and he's like, dude, why don't they, why is it Deontay? Why don't they give Pickens that shot? He should get the shot over Deontay. And I'm like, I, I hear you, dude. I, I kind of agree, especially after what we've been seeing these past few weeks, next play Pickens is in the slot. I lean over my like, dude, Pickens in the slot, look for the seam, same play as the Raider game, right there in the clear. And before I could really even finish my sentence, the ball was snapped and Kenny threw it to Pickens for a touchdown. And my friend went freaking nuts, dude. It was, it felt like I scored. I was like, I called that. There it is.
0: Yeah, and um, those those sequence of plays actually the one that Derek uh Derek Watt they were trying to force the ball some to get Deontay his first touchdown, but he got a little bit um, after this uh, at least a consolation prize and, and a little maybe end zone celebration on a two point conversion to go yeah. up twenty eight to fourteen. But they were they looked at him, Uh actually both of those passes. In the red zone for deontay johnson tipped at the line of scrimmage which really sucked for his luck he didn't even have an opportunity to try and make a play and um they were kind of fortunate the one he they didn't have a turnover early because you're like oh here we go again but he caught the ball like high on his shoulder and it wasn't really caught and it was bobbled and as soon as i saw that and it was kind of knocked away i was like oh good incomplete pass it's like bailed out but people are already ready to like boo i'm so sick of like them clinging to uh, there was somebody on my Twitter just yesterday that was talking about the that Pickens and Deontay Johnson don't have reliable hands because they have five statistical drops this season. And I'm like, that is just so ridiculous. Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, and uh, countless others. I think Travis Kelsey have like six, seven, eight statistical drops. And it's like, well, they have more targets, not than the Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson, um, somewhere along the line here, I do have this. He, uh, he does lead the team in receiving or finish leading the team when receiving, uh, with 86 catches on 147 targets. I would say that's in Stefan Diggs territory for sure. Jabar chase territory. He also ended up finishing with 882 yards receiving, George Pickens, more of the deep threat, 52 receptions, 801 yards. So Pat Fryermuth finishes with 63 catches, which is second on the team, 732. He left the game early, uh, Pickens with four TDs. And he was certainly hot, uh, very hot stuff, a hot commodity towards the end of this season, as was, uh, let's give it up for our guy, Connor Hayward, who is just, he's sneaky. He's so sneaky. I know that we're going to have a lot of talk. As we go on in and, and into the off season here about who comes, who goes, who replaces, who does this, he earns some more p t you've gotta say though like how um even though we're talking about the refs kind of suck type of topic, and we didn't really i think have this on our uh on our on deck uh so to speak, people are already jumping to the the draft talk right and with the with the draft, and they're not like. It's kind of funny to me, just for the sake of <laughs> like we got free agency still we've still got um Joe would uh, rather talk
1: politics than NFL draft before March,
0: yeah, because you' still got a combine you still look at all the needs the Steelers filled like they oh they need offensive line they're gonna draft offensive line they're gonna draft offensive line then they sign mason cole and get james daniels they bring back chooks of for and then all of a sudden it's like okay we're pretty much locked into these five guys so it's very hard to predict the other thing is is like when you get on the train of like thaddeus moss who worked out with the steelers and may sign i would uh i would i would assume he was uh given a tryout for maybe a futures contract but around this time several years ago when he was coming off of lsu having all those guys drafted off of burrows team people had him as high as like a first round pick and he went completely undrafted. If I recall correctly, if not, yeah, like yeah. A... that
1: was like a month after the season, but then it, yeah. the word got out pretty quick that he was a raw dude. I, yeah. I saw him mock second, third, a couple of times. And then as soon as we got to like the combine time, he, he was out of there. But, but after the season, people were really high on him. And what do you want people to do, man? We got two first round picks. That, that's so exciting. You know, <laughs> we've never had yeah. two first round picks.
0: Yeah, you know what? I want to break up that tankathon again too, but no, it just goes back to people talk about how oh well the Steelers suck at drafting. You know what I mean? Now you're jumping to the draft already, and it's like look at this draft class just this year like Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Demarvin Leal, um, Con- Hayward. Connor Hayward, like Robinson, just- Mark Robinson uh, got like 11 snaps yesterday, so he the got the whole
1: draft played except for Calvin Austin who got hurt and, got- and he Connor Hayward. Played.
0: What's up? And he would have played. He yeah, would have definitely played. Yeah, he was played. in
1: practice, man. And I, Connor Hayward, I continue to just be so impressed with his athleticism. You know, it's it's hard to describe, but I'm gonna try. Some NFL players, NBA players, at some athletes, they just have it. You know, like their athleticism is elite. I'm not calling Connor Hayward an elite player right now, but his athleticism is elite. I think because he's just so people use the word effortless. I don't want to come off like I don't think they try. It isn't effortless, but it's it's natural. They just flow. They have hands like glue. They they are always open. They his acrobatic catches that he's made this year more than one occasion. Those aren't easy catches, but he makes them look easy. And I've said it before. He's built like a fire hydrant. Like, yeah. his athleticism doesn't really make sense, but he's so fun to watch because he's so smooth and natural. It's it's. Kind of coincidental because I think George Pickens also has this like elite athletic trait that it just looks easy for him out there. Like they those two George Pickens, Connor Hayward, they were born to play football and it sticks out every time one of them gets a target. It, it snags it. it. It's it's just it's satisfying like mentally to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I've called uh, George Pickens Antonio Brown with. Physical gifts like yes, size. Bigger. bigger, stronger. He the the stuff he does just looks so ridiculous. Uh I'm not ready to jump on people are talking about corners. They're talking about, you know, Addison that was with Pitt and and drafting a wide receiver. And I'm like, look. Uh, Steve Sims is back and they already drafted Austin in Pickens last year and they signed Deontay. They've got like four right there. I don't expect Gunner to be back. We'll get into those deeper talks later. Forgot about yeah. Anthony Miller was in camp and looked real good. We haven't even said Miles Boykin, who's been a special team stud. But the Steelers, I just wanted to verify this before I, I, I shot my mouth off here. Um, so by virtue of the way this lays out with the Chicago bears ending up in lovey Smith, losing his job for going for two, probably Steelers will pick 17th. And then we see him again at the top of the second round with pick 33. Thank you, Chicago. Well, I'm sorry. They still have it listed here, but for, don't forget. It'll be pick 32 because pick 22 vacated by, uh, the Miami dolphins for their shenanigans with Tom Brady and then pick 50 in the middle of the second round here. So the Steelers three picks in the top 50 that that's going to be the talk, but they've got some money that they could spread around either, you know, extending or bringing their own people back. And we'll be talking about that as it goes forward. But it's just, it was kind of annoying to me that all of a sudden it's like, okay, what are we going to draft? And it's like, well, we don't know. We don't know who's coming back. Like you're going to go for it's early. I know, but corners like they, okay. Well, William Jackson, the third be here, like that move, was it supposed to pay off a little better? Were they unhappy with Witherspoon? Witherspoon was hurt. Was that a byproduct of that? Levi Wallace kept... We uh, need was to hurt see what Kentucky. happens with
1: Cam Sutton, first and foremost.
0: He's a very high priority for me. Maybe the highest. Like, I, I think Larry Joby are having somebody on the defensive line. If you roll with Leal, it's not like Hayward's getting any younger. You're still feeling some of the effects of stuff on Tewit, retirement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but that, that's like, that was completely, like, ignored and people were like, oh, offensive line, because all these guys suck. And it's like, well, they came together and I'm not so high like on Dotson or more, but, you know, it's because of Joey Porter Jr. That's the reason people are saying corner and Addison wide receiver. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like, you're doing my mock draft. It's not ruining it. <laughs> I don't I don't see as many holes and it all depends on what they end up doing and what kind of deals they end up making. And you've got Omar Khan has been the guy who's always made these uh, shrewd contract moves and he's still in position and Andy Whitel is now there to kind of make Man, they're, the they're killing it
1: killing it on their first try dude but yeah. the guys they brought in this year for the amount of money they had and they're able to spread it all out I, I mean we haven't even mentioned Casey today I, know. I love Devontae Casey I hope we can get him back we signed him for pennies but he's got this elite trait that if you're a safety and you can be a center fielder and you've range like that it's it's more rare than you think. You think, oh, you play safety, you can cover ground, right? You're, you're a defensive back, you should be able to cover. No, it's not that simple. Uh, the Steelers have been cursed with a lot of safeties who don't have good range, but you see Minka has that ability and Casey, and Casey isn't anywhere near the talent level of Minka Fitzpatrick, but because he has that second, that sixth sense of being able to know where the ball's going and be rangy in that way, he's extremely valuable, probably one of the best third safeties that a team can have. And we signed him for pennies on the dollar. So I I hope he can come back. And that starts with Omar Khan and Weidel, like you said, and they put us in position with two first round picks. I say again, we've never had two first round picks or two first rounders, right? Wrong, because actually 32 is still a second round pick. And basically we're going to get the 32nd like picked player by legal definition in the in the draft yeah. but he's going to be a second round pick so he's not going to get that first round contract he will yeah. cost yeah. less
0: yeah uh no fi- first. no fifth year option um unfortunately either so you lose a little bit of control over the contract yeah, there's good and bad. yeah. but that's okay i mean we're still talking the 32nd player for chase claypool because who wasn't you know missed.
1: that's too, and when you have two first round picks on fifth year options together Often teams can't pay them because look no further to Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. When we got Minka Fitzpatrick in here, him and Terrell Edmonds are the same draft class. So we had two fifth-year options to deal with, and we couldn't do it. We had to only we got lucky and got Edmonds back, but it it could it could bite them, you know, because they can't afford two fifth-year options. So there's all this stuff you can look at, and it's all fun speculation right now.
0: It is. It is. And I know we're getting long in the tooth here, but just on that same note with, um, all the DBS and whatnot, and my little rant about that, it's like, wh- you want to replace who with what, uh, why not stay status quo here? Steelers had 20 interceptions in 2022. The most in the NFL Minka accounted for six of them, which is tied with sauce Gardner, Justin Sim- Simmons, and Tariq woolen, what a pick T- Tariq woolen was. And that goes to show you that you don't have to shoot very high in the draft. Uh, to get somebody like that. So Mika is the first, uh, Steelers player to lead the NFL in interception since Mel Blunt in 1975. Wow. Uh, -hmm. talk about hall of fame territory. Right. So yeah. Uh, just the, just the final thing I think I I have for us is you have, uh, your early pick to make it all the way. Like it's tough because I hate most of these teams. So I like, I, I I don't even want to say um it's tough it's like does do the 49ers can they go the distance with um uh brock purdy or whatever like they they seem to be i hate to
1: say it but i think there's just that that midnight's gonna strike and they're gonna turn into a pumpkin over there i can't see brock purdy making it to the dance i like bills to win it all and i think they'll play the eagles are the safe choice but part of me wants to say tampa bay just because
0: oh no that's that's rotten. Like the Bills
1: I, win. I think the Bills win. But I could see Tom Brady just being like, yeah, you know what? I feel like getting back to the Super Bowl, so I'm gonna go there. <laughs> and then they lose to the Bills.
0: Yeah, the, the you know, the NFL um is It's it, Jalen or-
1: Hurts. I'm sorry, it's Jalen Hurts. I don't know enough about the Eagles with Jalen Hurts right now, so I don't know about the NFC really at all. I'm just being that guy to be like, I'm going I'm to say that the Buccaneers will make it so that somebody says that because most people probably are counting them out right away.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of wondering. I know I have. Um, I'm kind of wondering about the, the bills. The Chiefs uh, have had an ample amount of rest and they look like – they. And they get into shootouts. So if the Bills can play some defense, but I know they've got some trouble in their defensive backfield. Uh, they also have a repeat divisional game, which is never easy. You don't know what's going to happen with Tua. Uh, the Giants. I'm like, can the Giants have enough? The team that's the pumpkin for me is the Vikings. I think they've been pretenders the whole time. They could even lose to the Giants coming up here. Their Ravens defense and is terrible. Ravens and Bengals is not a good matchup for either one of them. I think they lose in the very next round. Whoever ends up coming out of that one victorious. The uh, the Chargers and Jaguars, like I don't know. They don't excite me a whole lot the chargers coming on a little bit more but then sometimes they look a little dumb the the jaguars they they didn't even get a first down in that game uh neither team did with the titans and josh Dobbs, it was gonna be qb2 they're like like so
1: similar dude the type the jaguars and uh chargers they're just too young and inexperienced right now to make it very far both their quarterbacks i think are legit they both have awesome hair great arms (laughs) but i don't think that the chargers or jaguars are gonna go very far
0: yeah um I, i know it's uh it's it's I, I yo, I, I'm just trying to think here. I'm like, do I like the Cowboys a little bit better, like uh, than the Eagles? Like that could be a really tough matchup too. So as much as I, it pains me to say, I don't like the Cowboys. It's tough for me to. It's a coin flip with the Chiefs and the Bills. I think the Bills really, 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 really have that like intangible factor right now, and they're very tough to slow down. And I think the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys may have enough of it to beat a lot of these other teams. I think they know enough about the Eagles. I think the early favorite would be the Eagles, but you've convinced me with the Jalen Hurts thing and Gardner Minshew. Like, could they do that again like they had with Wentz and Foles uh, if that comes down to it? I don't know, but I'm looking at the Eagles right now, and I think the Eagles are you're looking at a preview of next year's Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, people were sleeping on the quarterback. There was a lot of moves and things that are going to happen in the Hell draft yes, here. Oh, yes, dude. Hell,
1: uh, I love those vibes.
0: Yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. Give me the Eagles. Um, I, I was thinking Eagles or Cowboys, and give me the Bills uh, over the Chiefs. So uh, it'll be Bills, uh, Bills, Eagles, and probably the Bills victorious. I don't even know where they're playing the Super Bowl this year, but that'll do it for us, man. Um, We got a lot here, so much so that maybe we'll just take a break. Because uh, what are we gonna do? Just talk about everyone else's games that are coming up this weekend? We kind of already did. So we can uh,
1: wait till some moves are made. Maybe some yeah. firing, some hiring, some promoting, some demoting.
0: We'll be popping in. We usually try and do two weeks still. So we'll still be with all of you out there. And we know you watch a lot more in the offseason. It gets spicy. We have a lot of hot takes. So uh, that'll do it for us. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. My name's Joe Kuzman. Oh, final score. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, as if I uh, needed to remind anyone, 28, Cleveland Browns, 14. Bang. I got it somewhere Bang. around here. I, I don't want, you know, the pup sitting back there sleeping. I'm going to it down here <laughs> i threw it at i threw it in the general vicinity of her you're a good uh, dad yeah i can't do that you, shoot your eye out oh that's pretty cool man i like that um I, I put you, yeah i should have put you on the full screen but up against it uh once again folks my name's joe kuzma his name's zach Celedonia. till next time hey sounds like most of the are happy out there so uh at least satisfied to a certain degree i know some people smart fans Well, the two percenters are, they're still hanging around. There's still people who throw around the word disappointment. I'm not so quick to say that with this season. It's about where I expected it to be right on the cusp of maybe making the playoffs. And I'm very happy that they did that uh, because it makes me seem intelligent and look smart. So, (laughs) and same with all the rest of us here. That's what matters, baby. Yep. That's, that's (laughs) the only thing I'm never wrong. Right? So until next time we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good. And we'll catch you later.